to praise his name. Yeah. Amen. Hey, I'm glad you're here. Tell somebody, we're so glad you're here today. We have, we have multiple guests here this morning, and for that we're grateful. It's always great to have guests. First-time guests have been recognized. Brother Grana's family here today, we're always happy to have them. God bless you. Brian Patterson's back. Brian, we're glad you're back. Keep coming, buddy. And there are other guests that are here, and we're always happy to have guests. We, we hope that guests will become a part of the great church that First Church is. If you have your Bible, stand with me. Let's look to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs, the 13th chapter. We're going to read verse 12. Proverbs 13 and verse 12. I am so glad you are here. I'm missing multiple people today, but the people that are here, I'm happy that you're here. I'm so delighted that you are at First Church. It's a great church, and we're happy that you're here. The wisest man, the Bible says, that this was a man that asked for wisdom. Brother Clyde, he had understanding and knowledge, but he wanted wisdom more than anything else. God gave him wisdom. He's believed to be the wisest person that ever put pen to paper, and he says this. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. Anybody ever been heart sick? Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Now, the Good News Translation interpreted that passage as such. When hope is crushed. Anybody ever had your hope crushed? When hope is crushed, the heart is crushed. But when a dream or desire comes true, it fills you with joy. Here's what I want to preach to you over the course of the next few moments. Hope beyond the broken heart. Hope beyond the broken heart. I believe that there is hope beyond our broken hearts. All of us have had our heart broken or crushed. But God has hope beyond the broken heart. If that's what you want, why don't you put your Bible down, your hands lifted, give God some praise right now and just thank Him for the goodness of God. I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Somebody offer with your voice thanksgiving to the Lord. Let's let Him hear what we would say today about His goodness. God, Your goodness, Your goodness is running after me. I thank You for grace. I thank You for that unmerited favor. Help me, somebody. Lift your voice and talk to the Lord. Don't be silent in the sanctuary, but lift your voice and declare to the Lord your thanksgiving. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Did He wake anybody up this morning? Did He start you on your way? Does He guide you on the journey does he keep you day by day oh when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me my soul cries out I won't let my soul stay silent my soul cries out hallelujah somebody say hallelujah, hallelujah. you may be seated praise in the Lord so we are looking today at hope beyond the broken heart. And when we look at the scriptures, we see that the heart is something that's so significant. Brother Clyde, I was so blessed by the word of the Lord this morning and the, the thoughts that you shared and the scriptures that you shared coincide so well with 
this word about the condition of our heart. Our heart is something that we must take care of. The Bible says in Proverbs 4 and 23, Keep thy heart. Keep thy heart with all diligence. That means make certain that you do your best, Sister Butler, to keep your heart. It's not talking about that muscle, that miraculous muscle that's the size of a fist that from it life flows. If you don't have a heart, honey, you're done. Out of that muscle, that miraculous muscle, that organ of life flows the blood. And, and I, I thank God that, that we have that natural heart. But I'm, I'm not talking to you today about that miracle muscle, that organ. I'm talking about that seat of emotion or where your emotion is. The Bible says this, keep thy heart. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Sister Shelby, we have to make certain that our heart is right. Is there anybody that knows today you got to make sure that your heart is right? Because out of it, what you do comes from your heart. The actions that you take, the words that you say, it comes from the heart. Keep thy heart, for out of it, out of it are the issues of life. How do I keep my heart? You diligently make certain that above all else, the New International Version, above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. There needs to be a constant guard on your heart. Has anybody ever heard of letting your guard down? And that's not a good thing because when you let your guard down, that's when the enemy sneaks in. It's happened. It's happened to me. It's happened to you. It's happened to all of us, young and old alike. We've let our guard down and the enemy tries to sneak into our heart. Anybody ever had bitterness try to get in your heart? Anybody ever had unforgiveness try to get in your heart? It's because we let our guard down. And so I say today, I'm preaching this passion as I possibly can, Sister Myrtle, that we must guard our heart. We must constantly be aware of the condition of our heart because it's the condition of our heart that dictates and determines the actions of our life. Guard your heart. Keep it with all diligence for out of it flows life. Just as in the natural, we cannot live without a heart. So too in the spiritual, we cannot live for God unless we guard our heart and keep the enemy from distorting, detouring, and distracting us from doing what he wants us to do. Look at your neighbor and say, guard your heart. For out of it are the issues... Of life. Jeremiah, Brother Clyde, chapter 17, verses 9 and 10. If you would, please, Brother Johnson, on the screen. Jeremiah, chapter 17, verses 9 and 10. We find there the heart. This is an interesting scripture. The heart is deceitful above all things. 
and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Anybody ever said things, but it didn't come from the heart? Anybody ever deceive someone with your voice and with what you said, but that's not where your heart was? The heart, the Bible, this is not pastor preaching to you today. This is what the Word of God says. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Verse 10, please, if you would, on the screen, we find there is somebody that knows your heart. Did you know you can fool pastor? You can fool your Sunday school teacher. You can fool your youth pastor. You can fool anybody and everybody, but you will never, 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 never fool God. He knows what's in there. He said, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of of his doings. You give somebody long enough and you're going to find out who they are and what they are because out of the heart comes the issues of life. Guard your heart. Does anybody hear what pastors say? Guard your heart. Keep your heart. You got to protect that special place. You got to protect that place that out of it flows the issues of life. I want to guard my heart today. I don't want... You see, Satan, who is deceitful, Satan, who is the father of lies, talks to us, puts things into our mind, and he tries to get them into our heart. He tries to get us to believe the lies that he tells. But we must guard. We must keep our heart. I read various versions as I prepared for this topic, and... One of the versions says, The heart is hopelessly dark and deceitful. A puzzle no one can figure out. Anybody ever been working on a puzzle and man, you're like, I'm not talking about a five-piece puzzle like you used to see in the doctor's office when I took my kids there. I'm talking about like a thousand-piece puzzle or ten thousand-piece puzzle. You don't just sit there and put it all together. You got to try to, it's, that, that's the way the heart, the heart is so complex. Our hearts are so complex. I'm not talking about that massive muscle that the size of a fist causes you to walk and talk and has the ability to continue life. I'm talking about the seat of emotion where you, who you are. The heart is hopelessly dark and deceitful, a puzzle that no one can figure out. But I, God, search the heart and examine the mind. I get to the heart of the human. I get to the root of things. I treat them as they really are, not as they pretend to be. Somebody say, God knows your heart. God knows your heart. We must guard our heart. We must allow God to guide our heart. When I think of the best approach to guarding our heart, I think of the word of God that talks about, describes itself. We've quoted it already today. I quote it quite often. For the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thought and intent of the heart. You see, what's so amazing to me is God knows what we need before we even do. And his word speaks to that. 
I don't know if you've ever been there, but I've been there. I remember as a young person, and I, I love our students. Don't we love our students? They're awesome. We love the students at First Church. I remember, it's been a long time ago, Sister Katie, that I was a young person, but I was at one time a young person, and I sat on the very front row, and I remember as being a young person that there would be, there would be times that pastor would be preaching, and I would be like, how did he know that? How did he know I did that? How did he know I thought that? How did, and it wasn't him. Is there anybody glad pastor doesn't know everything about you? I want you to know pastor is glad. He don't know everything about you. But he would preach a word and I would think, I would think, actually, how does he know that? It wasn't him that knew. It was the word of God that knew what my heart needed. Are you thankful that you got a pastor that preaches the word of God and the word of God knows what you need? And today I preach, guard that heart. Guard that heart for it's from it, the issues of life. So... When I think about the word of God being quick and powerful and a discerner of the thought and intent of the heart, I find that there is something to be said about the significance, the significance of the word of God. The word of God is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It cuts all the way through to where the soul and the spirit meets. That's what the word of God does. That's why you need the word of God. The word of God is alive and active. For the word of God is alive and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow. It judges, it judges, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Anybody ever had a bad attitude? Anytime I've ever gotten a bad attitude, it's always been Sister Michelle because I let my guard down. I got tired. I got hangry. I know that none of you ever have any of those kind of problems. I, I let the flesh take over. Brother Clyde, I was like you. I wanted, I wanted to hold grudges. How many of you remember me talking about that list I kept of my brother? Every time he did something, I wrote it down. I'm going to get you. My heart wasn't right. My heart wasn't guarded. I have to know that there were times that, that the Spirit would know that and the Word of God would go forth. That, 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 that powerful Word would go forth. I thank God for an apostolic church. I thank God for a church that still preaches truth and believes in the Word of God. I want you to know that this is a pastor. I've been privileged to pastor here 20 years and I want you to know I have never been more convinced of the fact that the Word works than I am right now. I want you to know the Word of God, it works. So I, I consider that the best approach, how how, Pastor? You may be a young person or a child here saying, I, I don't really know how effectively to guard my heart. Well, the way that you guard your heart is you get into the Word of God. The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even to the divine asunder, soul, and spirit, joints, and marrow, the discerner of the thought. It knows what you need. So let God work through His Word. That's what we do. Psalm 37, 3 and 4. Psalm 37, 3 and 4. We find the psalmist. You know, David was... A, the Bible says this about David. David was a man after God's own heart. 
Now, that's a powerful declaration. When I think about that, Anthony, it's so good to see you, buddy. I'm glad you're here. I told him it always makes my heart feel good when he walks in. I told him if I was skinny, I'd wear that shirt, but I'm not. (laughs) That was from my heart today. But I'm, I'm reading this, and I'm finding out that I have to have help. I have to have help. How many of you are like me? You have to have help. I'm speaking today on hope beyond the broken heart. I'm trying to tell you what's required to keep your heart from being crushed. You have to keep your heart with all diligence. Guard it, for out of it are the issues of life. And the Word of God speaks to us, and we find that David, a man after God's own heart, Now, this doesn't seem to be possible that a man after God's own heart is still the man that sees Bathsheba. And I'm not going to get into the details. There are kids that are present here today. But let me just tell you that when he did, he was wrong in his heart the way he looked upon her. And then the actions that he took helped me to understand that though he had a heart after God, he let his guard down. And Satan crushed his heart. He made some horrible, horrible decisions. Anybody ever made a horrible decision? If you didn't raise your hand, that might have been one. But I just want you to know. Those decisions that he made, there was a man of God in his life that spoke a word to him. And when he did, I want to tell you, there's something about hearing the word of God from the man of God and taking action and responsibility. He said, woe is me. He said, I am unclean. I am under. Create within me a clean heart and renew within me a right spirit. I want to tell you, there is hope behind your broken heart. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Next verse, please. Delight thyself also in the Lord. This is a good word. And he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. I found that a lot of people delight themselves in a lot of things that seemingly to me are insignificant, but to them it's priority and first most importance. I've got to do this and I can't be there because I got to do that and I can't come because I got to go here and I got to go there and I got to do this and I got to do that. But the Bible says, delight thyself also in the Lord and He, when we do, shall give thee the desires of thine heart. How do I do it? How do I become like David and say, Lord, create within me a clean heart. Give me the desires. Give me the desires of my heart that you through your word, have. There's hope beyond the broken heart. There's hope beyond the broken heart. I'm going to tell you a story today, a story that I've heard, and a story of someone that their heart, their physical heart needed repair. This individual was to meet a physician in Ohio and have what they call open heart surgery. Sister 
Missy, they had prepared for her to have open heart surgery. It just so happened that the surgeon went to a church in Ohio and the pastor's passion was at some point that the surgeon would allow him to go in and witness the open heart surgery. Not for the faint of heart. That was the pastor's passion. He wanted to do it. And somehow, the persuasive pastor... Can you imagine this, Sister Missy? This persuasive pastor convinced this physician to let him go in and witness firsthand this open heart surgery. While he was there, he witnessed how they opened up her chest. From what I understand, in open heart surgery... They open up the individual's chest and take the heart and make the repairs that are necessary on that wounded, broken heart and make it better, make it whole again. That's what the doctor did. The pastor witnessed as the doctor with his skillful manner took that heart and did what was necessary to make that heart whole again. Aren't you thankful for doctors today that can through the grace of God and the help of God do miraculous things like open up someone's chest, take their heart and begin to work on it and make it better. Wow. And he did. And then he placed that heart back in her body. But the heart did not beat. So what I'm told, I don't know, don't want to see it. I don't, I'm not aware of all of how it works. But they tell me, they tell me, Sister Ann, that that doctor then did what was necessary to try to get that heart beating again and so he massaged that heart and then it, it didn't work and the heart still was not beating and so he did some other procedures that I'm not privy to but everything that he tried everything that he tried to make that heart beat again did not work it was whole it was better it was repaired but it was not beating and then I'm told that the doctor did something that was unprecedented He took the mask from his face. He knelt down beside the patient and he whispered into the lady's ear, Mrs. Johnson, tell your heart to beat again. This is the doctor, Mrs. Johnson. And your heart is better. Your heart has been repaired. I know your heart was broken. I know your heart was crushed. But this is the physician. And what I'm telling you today, Mrs. Johnson, is let your heart beat again. And what happened was miraculous. That heart began... To beat again. You know what I came to this Sunday sermon to say? I came to preach to every 
person that's in this place. Let's not put on the facade of the fact that we never have any hell happen in our home. We never deal with any difficulty. There's no sorrow. There's no pain. There's no problem. There's no circumstance or there's no situation. But all of our hearts have at some point or another been crushed. All of our hearts at some point or another have been broken. But I hear the voice of the great physician and I believe he kneels at an altar today and he speaks into someone's life and he says, let your heart beats again. I want to tell somebody there is hope beyond the wounded heart. There is hope beyond the broken heart. There is hope for people that feel hopeless. He repairs the broken heart. The skilled hands that are nail scarred repairs broken hearts. I would not be honest if I did not tell you over the course of the 20 years that I've been privileged to pastor this great group of people that I have not had my heart crushed. Hope was crushed, Brother Amos. Hope was crushed. And when hope was crushed, my heart was crushed. Sister Butler, I know the pain of having my heart and my hope crushed when God didn't do what I believed Him to do. And there were times that I wondered whether my heart would ever beat again because it had been crushed time after time. And I, I won't go through all the stories of the times that my heart has been crushed. But I want to tell you something, friend. It's... It's perhaps every Sunday that I come into this sanctuary and I see empty benches where people used to sit and it boggles my mind and my mind begins to work on me and begins to tell things to my heart and I've got to get back to the place where I hear the voice of the great physician whisper in my ear and say, Donnie, let your heart begin to beat again. And so then I start worshiping and I start preaching and I start praying and my heart starts beating again because I know there's hope for the broken heart. There's hope beyond the broken heart that there are people coming back. Come on back. Let your heart beat again. There are pews that are going to be filled again with people that have a heart that is broken but there's hope beyond the broken heart. Hope beyond the broken heart. Someone hear the Savior today As he simply speaks into your life. Let your heart beat again. Let your heart beat again. I thought of, I thought of people that even in this service today are dealing with a broken heart. Life. Life has done what this passage says. Life has crushed your hope. Life has crushed your heart. But when a dream, a desire comes true, it fills you with joy. Sister Lulabelle, I'll never forget the testimony 
that you shared with this great group of people. How that there was a time the devil got your joy. But not today, devil, because I'm going to let the enemy know you crushed my heart. My heart was broken, but I had a physician that began to massage that heart and then spoke into my spirit and said, let your heart beat again. That's why a lady that comes to the house of God on a regular basis, faithful on Wednesday night to come and testify to the, you know what, that gives me hope. That my heart may be broken, but there's hope beyond a broken heart. The Savior says, let your heart let your heart beat again. Let your heart beat again. So today for people that are dealing with a heart that's been crushed because hopes, dreams, and desires have been crushed. No, there's hope beyond your broken heart. Now, perhaps you know I'm not a big music guy. I uh, I try out for the choir and praise team and specials like every time I preach, and it's been non-effective at this point. But <laughs> there's hope beyond the crushed. <laughs> Back in the day, Sister Shay, when I was a single evangelist, I used to sing those specials. But oh, not today. There's Sister Shay. You're shattered like you've never been before. The life you knew in a thousand pieces on the floor. Words fall short in times like these when this world drives you to your knees. You think you're never going to get back to the you you used to be. Tell your heart. To beat again. Close your eyes and breathe it in. Let the shadows fall away. Step into the light of grace. Yesterday is a closing door. You don't live there anymore. Say goodbye to where you've been and tell your heart to beat again. Phillips Craig and Bean wrote the song because a pastor, the same pastor that was in that hospital room the day he witnessed the surgeons say Mrs. Johnson let your heart beat again told them the story they wrote the song and then a guy named Danny Gokey I don't know apparently he's a he's a singer that's more big time than Phillips Craig and Dean that's why I said I'm not a musician but he wrote Phillips Craig and Dean wrote the song and Danny Gokey sang it this is the words just let the word Wash over you. It's all right now. Love's healing hands have pulled you through. So get back up. Take step one. Leave the darkness. Feel the sun. Because your, your story's far from over. And your journey's just begun. Tell your heart to beat again. Close your eyes and breathe it in. Let the shadows fall away. Step into the light of grace. Yesterday's a closing door. You don't live there anymore. Say goodbye to where you've been. And tell your heart. Beat again. Let every heartbreak and every scar be a picture that reminds you who's carried you this far. Because love sees further than you ever could. In this moment, heaven's working everything for your good. So tell your heart to beat again.
I came to preach, to share, to tell people that are wounded, to tell people that their heart is broken because their hope's been crushed. Brother Clyde, I can't even begin to imagine the pain that you must feel when you declare in our hearing the fact of where you are, but where your kids. I, I can't, but I can hear, I can hear the Savior whisper in your ear, tell your heart to beat again. Because there's a day that you won't just have neighbor children sitting by you, but you'll have your children sitting by you. There are people here that you feel as though there's no hope for the cause, the crisis that you're dealing with. There's no hope or no help. I tell you today, let your heart beat again. There's hope beyond the broken heart. Stand with me if you would today. And as we consider, as we consider our own circumstance and situation, I've shared with you perhaps too much transparency of how that as a pastor, my hope has been crushed. My heart has been broken. How that perhaps every Sunday in the sanctuary, it happens again and again. People, people making a choice. Hear what I'm saying today. This is so important. People making a choice to walk away from God at the most critical hour that humanity has ever faced. I believe we are in the last days. Heaven is about to happen. And just as certain. I had a conversation with someone yesterday. The topic of hell came up. Dawson, this elderly gentleman said to me, Come on, you really believe that? With disdain in his voice, Sister McMillan, he said, You really believe there's a hell? I said, Just as sure as there's a heaven... There's a hell. And you know what I told him? I don't want to go there and I don't want you to either. But it's got to start with an understanding of who your God is. If you're going to go to His heaven, you have to know who He is and have an experience with Him. It not only keeps you out of hell, but it takes you to heaven. That's where I want to go. My heart is fixed. My mind is made up. I want to be throughout all eternity with the one who died for me. Today I shared from my heart hope beyond the broken. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Perhaps the Spirit speaks to you today and says, I have something I can do for you and your crushed hope and broken heart. I have the ability to do a procedure that will fix your heart the way that it was. But you, you will have to hear His voice as He whispers in your ear today and says your name. Let your heart beat again. Let your heart beat again. People that are here wounded, dealing with difficulty, circumstance, pain, Problems. Your hope's been crushed. Your heart's been broken. I preach today there's hope beyond the broken heart. You just need to let the great physician repair your heart and make it whole again. And then you make a choice to say, 
heart began to beat again. If you're here today and you have a broken heart, you have hopes that have been crushed and dreams that have in your mind died, I want you to lift your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. You're preaching to me. God bless that hand and that hand and many hands that have gone up in the house. I'm preaching to even more than those that simply raise their hand because the heart of others was not courageous enough to say, lift your hand because you know your heart needs to beat again. But you feel defeated and though your hopes and dreams have died, let me say, there's hope beyond the broken heart. These altars are waiting for people like the people that raised their hands and even for those that did not know that there is a broken heart, a crushed hope that there is hope for, there is help for. It's found in the voice of the Savior. Here, as He says to some of you that have not realized your dream, you have not gained your desire, that there is hope beyond the broken heart. There is healing, there is help, there is salvation, there is deliverance. There is what you need and it's available at this altar. The Holy Ghost is spoken to you in this sanctuary it's up to you now Mrs. Johnson let your heart begin to beat again and it did is there anybody that will hear the voice of the spirit and then we will begin to hear the voice of your heart as it begins to beat again there's hope beyond the broken heart God bless you as you come and you respond to the word your heart your heart will beat again